0: November 21st, 2018. This is MMA marks with Ricky and Buddy. All right, guys, let's get down to business. Okay, to recap, last episode, we went over the big fight with Korean Zombie and Yair Rodriguez with an awesome last second finished. Uh, this week, we're going over uh, a little bit more information about our backgrounds um, and the UFC fight. Between Neil Magny and Santiago Pons and Nivio, so uh, here we go. Hey, buddy. So, what's up, man?
1: Yeah. Um, first, first off, you know the listeners may may or may not know that me and you are cousins. Um. Yeah, you're my cousin on my
0: mother's side. Yeah. Keep it in the family.
1: family. Yeah, and we've always been pretty
0: close. Um. So again, what you what got you into into MMA
1: yeah so I you know ever since I was like 4 years old since I can really remember I was a big time pro wrestling fan I've always watched like every every match that I could WCW, WWF all that a um, little bit of ECW but I've always been drawn to the more realistic style of pro wrestlers you know somebody would do like the real heart style slams you know not necessarily um over dramatic hurt so naturally when i found out about mma it drew me in because it's 100 percent real as real as it gets <laughs> you know as they say yeah um you know what, what so you always had like the martial arts background that you liked oh yeah man i'm a martial artist at heart i love jiu-jitsu wing chun
0: a little bit of taekwondo martial arts has been my life ever since i was five years old and took karate and uh like i just love if if you could pay me to do jujitsu i'd quit my job right now and do that um but sadly it's not the case and here we are but martial arts has been my life since i can remember so naturally when heard about mma draw me to it um so i have been training jiu-jitsu since about 2008 not as consistent as i want to be but i did actually compete a couple times went to a national championship and i took third place which was pretty good um and i've been training on and off ever since and uh, so that's kind of how i love mma and what draws me to
1: it so real quick um Something I don't know and I'm sure the listeners would like to hear, what exact movie or show made you so interested in martial arts one and two training, and everything else? Oh my god. Well, like what's what's your first inspiration? Bruce Lee, man. Bruce Lee seen way seen Enter a Dragon
0: and fell in love. And then every Sunday, when I was a kid, man, every Sunday, y'all if anybody's out there remember the old days with black belt theater on tv 54 every sunday at 12 man sat right on the couch me and my dad would watch black belt theater and it and you'd see the old time martial arts movies the ones where their mouth is moving real yeah and you can't understand nothing and that's when you know you get to see old stop jackie Chan, uh a little bit of chet lee um you know, the Yaw, the Shaw Brothers, anything like that.
1: Yeah, I've never been a big martial arts movie fan. Oh, my God.
0: You got <laughs> to see. Must see. Must see is uh, the 36 Chambers of Shaolin. Must see. Absolute must see. It's one of the best martial arts movies I've ever seen in my life. That, Enter the Dragon. Those movies propelled me to want to do martial arts because mm-hmm. I thought they were just the coolest thing. You could disable 10 people, 20 people with just your hands. Yeah. Oh man, that was that was so intoxicating. I just wanted to do that when I was a kid. Uh, my mother used to tell me when I was when I was little and I got put in a karate I couldn't go five feet without kicking somebody or something.
1: <laughs> well we did we did wrestle a lot when we was younger.
0: Oh yeah, man. WWF was everywhere. I'd let you
1: try out all the moves on me. <laughs> <laughs> broken um, furniture in the house.
0: Oh yeah. Always broken furniture everywhere. <laughs> I'm surprised surprised. We'd have table matches and yep. broken beds and broken dressers and everything. It was great.
1: So, uh, you know, let's let's kind of get into some of the things that we wanted to go over from last week. Uh, let's start off with the whole Aldo's a Spy. Oh, my God. Did you research that? Of course I researched that. Okay. Let's get so, into it. So, <laughs> So
0: this was old style. So you remember UFC 200. Jose Aldo
1: versus or Jose Aldo excuse me versus Frankie Edgar and the uh, big... hold on. So it's Jose Aldo, I know he's your favorite, so can you give us a little background on him? Uh so Jose Aldo, he's been the
0: W or the W E C one forty five champ, and then when UFC bought uh WEC, he became the first featherweight champ. So he was champion for about ten years straight. Nobody could touch this guy. Leg kicks were just ridiculous. Um, He's finishing people left and right. Yeah, so he wasn't quick. just he wasn't just point just being just winning fights. No, he was going in them. and destroying everybody he touched. And uh, he was, I believe, he was a professional soccer player before he started yeah. with MMA. He has a great uh, biography. Uh, movie on Netflix. Check it out. Um, but he's from Brazil. Uh, great guy. So he comes up to UFC 200 and he's to fight Frankie Edgar. Now Frankie Edgar is a drop-down, gritty fighter from Jersey.
1: Small guy, just like Aldo.
0: Yeah, but he's built like a tank. Frankie Edgar's built like a tank. He's real stocky. Aldo's more slender and the marathon runner type Mm-hmm. So Aldo is known for his leg kicks. He goes in and destroys destroys people with their leg kicks. Well, in this particular fight, he didn't throw. Maybe he threw two. If and that's being generous, he threw two leg kicks. So after he wins the fight from via decision unanimously,
1: I think um, it's not an easy fight for anybody though.
0: No, he's not. He's not. And I think that's one of the reasons why Aldo had to change up his whole thing. Excuse me. So afterwards, um, Aldo was interviewed on why he changed up his style so much. And it was determined, or he came out and said that he had spies in Frankie Edgar's camp. So, Buddy thinks that this is a bitch move.
1: 100% it
0: is. 100% it is. Okay. I think if it was a whole camp, yes, that would be a bitch move. But it wasn't a whole camp. Okay, this was when the fighters come in for fight week. So they get in to the venue to fight a week before the the actual event takes place. During that week, they do a little bit of training back and forth, you know, get warmed up, normal stuff. They go over maybe a couple fight plans and this and that. Well, Aldo tried to get an edge. He's seen that there was a couple Brazilians on Frankie Edgar's side of his training area. So he went to those Brazilians and said, hey, man, tell me what's going on. And they could have said no, but they didn't. They said, sure. And they said, hey, watch out for your leg kicks and watch out for your left hand. They didn't give him a big rundown of everything. They just said, hey, watch out for your kicks. Watch out for your left hand. He's, he's been working that. That's it. So I don't think that that kind of thing was a big advantage for Aldo. Because yes, you knew that he was working on your leg kicks and your left hand. Left hand, okay, big you get a bigger advantage on that. But also all joking is, all all that aside, Frankie Edgar needs to learn how to adapt. Okay, if you're not going to throw the leg kicks, you need to adapt and win the fight.
1: Okay. So Frank Yeager, his, his whole, like, nickname, you know, is The Answer, right? He had the answer. He was basing it off of previous fights like Aldo should have. So, you know, had his game plan based off of Frank Yeager's previous fights. And Frank Yeager had the answer. I mean, he just, his, Aldo looked at his paperwork and, you know, like, cheating off his paper at school on a test. And just so happened that that just ruined Aldo's whole game plan, and it was hard to come back from that because you expect somebody to throw multiple leg kicks to throw leg kicks. Um, obviously, he didn't have the answer once it started going down, but it wasn't an easy fight. He did try to keep it, you know, scrappy and everything, and he didn't. Aldo didn't win every round.
0: No, he didn't win every round. So that that's even more of a thing that he wasn't extremely cheating. It it's it's not it's not that big of a deal. Aldo was using his advantage at the time. Okay. It wasn't like he said, Okay, I'm gonna hire this man to go to Frankie Edgar's camp, look at his training regimen, look at what he's working on, look at look at every part of his training and develop my game plan based off of that.
1: I think what he did is he got the most important stuff and that's at the very end. You don't have to have somebody watching somebody's every move, just as long as you know what their overall game plan is. Um, I think, I think it's played a big advantage in Aldo's corner. Uh, And also think about this, you know, for everybody. And, and I really like Aldo, but at the same time, I I do feel like these are negative marks against him. Um, If he's admitting to having spies, think of everything he's not admitting to think of everything, all the dirty stuff that goes on that he doesn't admit to. Well, that goes with any fighter. Any fighter is not going to admit the dirty tricks that they play. If he's admitting two spies, he must have something. He's doing something crazy. Well, what if he's not? Nobody knows. You can only know what you you know. You don't know what you don't know, bud. Well, I'm going to stick with he's probably a dirty cheat.
0: Well, the thing that that did surprise (laughs) me about this, and I like Aldo. Aldo is my favorite fighter, but the thing that – did tip me off to this is that right after he said that he he confirmed that he had spies, he's going to put out on Twitter or some type of social media that he was joking. And I looked at the interview when it was being done, and I can tell you he was not joking. He wasn't joking at all. He didn't smile when he said that he had spies. He wasn't being facetious or sarcastic. He looked like he was just telling it how it was.
1: Yeah, just speaking the facts.
0: Yeah. So I don't think I don't think he was lying. I don't think he was joking. I think he was that serious that he had a spy. That cornermen from Brazil help him all the time. But I don't see it as a big cheat. I can see if, if somebody was spying on somebody in camp, that would be a bigger cheat because you're learning in camp. But once you're at fight week,
1: you keep all your secret stuff secret. If you have secret game plan, I think I think knowing people's game plan is a lot more than watching their training, and that's but that's just my opinion. I, I think that that's a bigger advantage, knowing what somebody's going for than what they have been working on. Like how? I feel like knowing what. So, if if we was the fight, and you've been working on your kicks like crazy, but then I find but you know later on I find out that you're just gonna you're going for an overhand right even if you've been working on your kicks for a long time, but you're just gonna try and knock me out with that right. Knowing that that right's coming is a bigger advantage than knowing that you've been working on your legs. Yeah, but what makes me a martial artist is that I can adapt
0: to that situation. If you know the right hand's coming and I throw it and you have an answer for it and you don't end the fight that way and it goes the distance or it keeps going, it's my job as a martial artist to adapt to that and beat your ass either way. And that's what Aldo
1: did, and that's what Frankie should have done, but he didn't. He lost. I can get, I'll i give you that one. I'll let you have that. All right, because it's a point. It's the point. It's not a point. It's the point. You've got to adapt to a fight. Regardless, Aldo won, and Edgar lost.
0: And that's the story of Edgar's life, just like T-City.
1: <laughs>
0: T-City, Brian Ortega, he's about to fight for the championship. He took his number one spot from Edgar when he knocked him clean off his Edgar feet. Edgar
1: didn't need to take that fight,
0: and, and he did. That's Edgar's stupidity. Edgar, yeah. Edgar had the number one spot. He didn't have to take a fight with Brian Ortega, but he wanted to be Mr. Tough Guy and be the company man, and he took that fight and he lost.
1: Yep. Um.
0: So so, like so hold know. on, hold on. Let's go back real quick right, from, from last week. Uh, I got you to watch Randy Couture versus Big Nog. What did you think of the fight?
1: So it was definitely like a a crazy banger. Like these guys, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And there was so much like nostalgia watching it. Like literally, like you just, you forgot how different USC used to be. Um, I never even looked out, looked at exactly what year this was, but like Joe Rogan had hair, Um, (laughs) just the whole production of the watching the fight was completely different. The, them coming to the ring took forever. I actually I actually skipped through that a lot of it. Yeah, it was a big long interest. Now, now Randy Couture and Big Nog
0: fought on UFC 103. Now UFC is coming up on 231. So it it was a long time ago. But it's still one of the greatest fights of all time, I think.
1: Well, I mean, it it was it was really good. Um, it's 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 a whole different pace than 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 it is nowadays. But it 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 was very gritty, very uh, rugged, brutal. It was a lot. It seemed like a lot more like a street fight type of than it does these days. More, not always, but a lot of times it's it's more athletic than it was then. This time, I mean, they were like just eating each other's punches and stuff. Which I mean, it looked cool.
0: like a hockey fight a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, were yeah. going back and forth, hand per hand, punch for punch. It was, it was great. That's what made it a great back-and-forth battle.
1: Multiple times it seemed like either one was going to get finished and they would somehow reverse or get out of it. Big Nog did this um, sweep or whatever uh, just effortlessly.
0: Oh, yeah, he was on like the bottom. Randy, yeah, Randy, Randy was on top.
1: And Big Nog
0: just, he's a great jujitsu fighter, sweeped him like it was nothing. Like he he was fighting a 12-year-old. Just sweeped him, got on top of him, and started laying hands on him. It was great. But Randy took it and just kept coming back, kept coming back. Now, I will say that the referee was Mario Yamasaki, and Yamasaki lets fights go. I think Randy probably got beaten that fight uh, a lot earlier than he did, and Yamasaki just let it go. You
1: went know, to decision.
0: It did go to decision, but I don't think it had to. I think he beat him in the third because he put him on his ass, knocked him with that big right hand. Got on top of him, was beaten on him, but Randy apparently, in the referee's eyes, was intelligently defending himself. I don't think he was, but
1: and also um, that was the main event, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So this was like before the five round fights and everything, and this was a three round fight. Now I was, I remember watching this, and I was watching with Ricky, um, and the it's I was mentioning, I was like, oh yeah, this is before five round fights really were a thing in UFC and then i was saying how i want i imagine like imagine what it would be like if this was a five round fight it would, it would you know we it could go very differently cuz big nog won but uh um, maybe randy has the bigger gas tank yeah maybe in the fourth fifth round you know randy edged him out would have edged him out because of his cardio he he looked in better shape uh and it's very possible that wrestling came into play and he just wrestled him and big nog but big nog could have just completely choked them out or something, you know, who knows? We, we don't know. Yeah. You never know. You never know what's going to happen,
0: but big nog won that one. It was the greatest fight. I think one of the candidates are greatest fight of all time. I don't know how buddy feels about it. I mean,
1: it's to me, it's not one of the greatest fights of all time. It was, it was a cool, it was a cool fight. And uh, anybody that likes watching UFC, especially nowadays, definitely go back and watch some of the older fights uh, because it's, it's really cool to see. Uh, how it used to be and how the rules changed and how the, how it's like there was one time that they they did this weird zoom in that I'm I ha- I'm not used to it we were like maybe back then it wasn't even I didn't notice, but I was like wow that kind of makes me dizzy and we were talking about how the cameras uh, angles are different now, and he was you know Ricky was like yeah it's probably because people like you and me get dizzy off of watching it when he when he starts zooming in and out so quickly
0: oh yeah man it's so it, the cool thing I I thought about it, rewatching the fight with him. Excuse me, was just the evolution of the sport now. I mean, so much has changed in that, in that time frame. It, it's more athletic. It's more methodical. It's more thought out. Back then, it was just brawling. Mm. Now now it's not. Now it's definitely more uh, cerebral and everybody's has a game plan. You can tell that these guys just went in there and said, yeah, I know a little bit of fighting. I know some ground. I don't really have a game plan. We're going to see what happens.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's still some people like that, but for the most part, everybody is more well-rounded than it was then. Before, it was a lot of style versus style, and now it's, hey, everybody has a little bit of everything now, which to me is, is better, but it's still cool to watch those old fights. Um. All right. So, so with that being said, we, we thought it would be cool to
0: talk about our greatest knockouts, what we thought was the greatest knockouts in our minds. And the one caveat was that we couldn't look it up right away. They had to be right off the top of our heads. So they're fresh. The ones that you'll always remember. And stand out knockouts. Definitely standouts. And And the cool thing about it was that me and Buddy had different ones. We didn't have the same ones like you see most of the time. So, Buddy, what was one of your favorite knockouts?
1: Okay. uh, So easily – one of my favorite knockouts of all time. Um, uh, Barbosa. Edson Barboza. He's a Brazilian. Is he Brazilian?
0: Yes. He's Brazilian.
1: Uh, Brazilian, uh, fighter. I know that like, he's done a lot of Muay Thai. He's like Muay Thai style. He does a lot of kickboxing and stuff. Well, he's just known as like one of the best kickers in the, in the, in the fight game. He's got really, really fast kicks. He, and he doesn't really, he doesn't get drained too much unless Khabib's on top of him.
0: Khabib murdered him.
1: So, um, this is, this is a while back, and he was fighting Terry Adam, who I believe no longer fights anymore. Um, not really 100% positive, but he he was doing he was doing pretty good. He had a pretty good run, and the fight seemed interesting at first. But Edson Barbosa, out of nowhere, just does that spinning back kick, spinning kick to the spinning head. Spinning
0: hook kick right hook to kick. the jaw. You know what I was trying
1: to say. Um, right to his jaw, like literally stiffens Terry Adam, hook stiffens kick. him. He doesn't
0: even fold. He stands straight up, falls over like a tree.
1: Like, you know, almost like he's trying to stop the kick from coming.
0: Oh, man, it was great. Yeah, it was definitely crazy. uh, So I have a similar one with a spinning back kick that I I will never forget as long as I live. It was Uriah Hall versus Adam Sella at – the Ultimate Fighter house.
1: Oh yeah, that was great.
0: Oh my god, it was so cool because it wasn't in a big arena where there was hundreds of people. Yeah. It was like people cried. Yeah, it was like 50. multiple people cried. <laughs> it was like 50 people it was in there. Scary. And then when he does this spinning back kick to this kid's face, your eye hall spinning back kicks this guy. He hits him and you could hear it hit. It sounded like a smack and then the thud Hit when he hit the ground, everybody was silent.
1: I mean, except was, for him who hit the ground.
0: That, you could hear him breathing so hard, snoring. Yes, yeah, snoring. It was great in his teeth. Oh my god, it, it was, was scary. It was scary. I thought, I thought he almost killed him.
1: If, I didn't, I didn't, I'm surprised I didn't think about that one.
0: Oh my god, I I that will, is a nasty knockout. That is the nastiest knockout. All these guys, uh, we're gonna put some of these knockouts on on our uh, descriptions and
1: Instagram,
0: and Instagram yeah. stuff so you guys can check them out. But, yeah, definitely, that is one I will never forget. Is there any more, bud, that you can Oh, yeah,
1: of? we got plenty to go over. Uh, we'll kind of just go back and forth. Okay. It seems to be working. Uh, so, you know, one that's definitely worth mentioning, it's probably one of the quickest knockouts in the game. I mean, there's plenty there more than that, but McGregor versus Aldo. Uh, fuck you buddy you know he he had practiced that exact movement and he actually have video of him doing it where he goes in and out and then pops him he literally does the same exact movement he was practicing right before he went out to the the uh, octagon and he drops him easy
0: yeah, he dropped me. Let's go and move on. To this one. We're not <laughs> talking about this one. This I had to relive this so much. So much it hurts. I had 13 I, seconds on my favorite fighter. Oh, man, it's yeah. it's it's horrible. And the fact that he called it, he called it for a long time. It yeah. wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm going to hit him this. No, he told him exactly what he's going to do. And idiot Aldo got right into it and played right into his game. And Aldi went
1: 13 seconds. Yeah. Well, there's no. There's I don't. I guess there wasn't no Brazilians in the Irish uh, camp.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: Maybe that's maybe – that's, uh, he didn't have the advantage. Look at that little dig right He didn't there. have the spies. He didn't have
0: the spies. Right, let's, let's hear one of yours. <laughs> okay. This is a guy that, that fights in Bellator. This is not a UFC fighter. This is a Bellator fight. So it's, an, it's a man by the name of Michael Venom Page. They call him MVP. He is like, uh, if you guys know UFC, he's kind of like Anderson Silva. He fights a Muay Thai style, and he is very flashy. And he was up against this guy named Cyborg Santos. Not the girl. But Chris Cyborg's husband. Correct. And he might be divorced now. Uh, probably. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. So uh, MVP is fighting Cyborg. Cyborg comes in for a takedown and catches a flying knee to the forehead. I remember this. And this knee was so devastating, it dented his forehead. And I'm not talking like a little dent. This, it, it was terrible. It was horrible. He, he immediately turned on his stomach and covered up. And the guy refereeing the fight was Herb Dean at the time. Mm-hmm. Herb Dean goes over to the announcers and says, that was the hardest knee I've ever seen in my career. So Dean, Herb Dean must have seen 10,000 10, fights easily, yeah. and that's the hardest knee. After the fight, uh, Cyborg uh, posted on his Instagram and social media what his head looked like and the x-rays. Dented his forehead. It looked like uh, a baseball-sized dent in this man's forehead. It was
1: like caved in.
0: Caved in. It wrecked his skull. It was just ridiculous. And he was smiling afterwards, but I don't think I've seen him fight since. Yeah. Well, they he had, had to get re- re- reconstructive surgery yeah, on well, his
1: face. Yeah. Well, his, his skull got damaged. So they actually put, you know, metal in his skull. So now he's really a cyborg
0: yeah. <laughs> living up to the name, man, living up to the name. But... I don't know
1: if that's true. I just made that
0: up, <laughs> <laughs> but man, that, that knee was devastating. I'll tell you what. Unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite – and I actually like even remember the movement that happened and laughing with you about this is when Ben Rothwell fought Brendan Schaub. Ben Rothwell was kind of like – he's kind of a weirdo honestly, but he's – bit of a psychopath. Yeah, he's he's a big white dude. Um, he's just off on his personality, but he's kind of chunky and he, he's known as a really, really big power puncher. And Brennan Schaub, you know, he's he's not Big fighting. Big Brown. Yeah, he's not fighting no more. He, he was he was pretty good. He had a good little run. Yeah. Um,
0: now but, he does comedy and podcasting. and below the belt. Check it out.
1: The fight um, started off with them just kind of going at it right away. And neither one of them seemed scared or, or hesitant one to one another.
0: Oh, yeah, it was a slugfest.
1: And then Rothwell just caught him really, really good. And when Schaub went down, he fell hard. And he was trying to catch butterflies. He was out of it, out of it. So he's up, laying on his back, looking at the stars, coming around, looking at the
0: lights, and grabbing at nothing, grabbing at thin air, looking like he was trying to grab butterflies, literally. It was great. It was a great knockout. Um, yeah, I can't. <laughs> wasn't my favorite, but I couldn't, couldn't believe that that was uh, something that happened.
1: Yeah. So, uh, let's move on to yours. Oh,
0: well, without a doubt, you can't go anywhere without talking about uh, Loyota Machito, Randy Couture, the famous crane kick, looking like Karate Kid, man.
1: I you, don't know if I know that
0: one. You don't see that one? Oh, my God. Versus Randy Couture, no. Yes, Leota Machito versus Randy Couture. He actually pulled off the Karate Kid crane kick, arms up like he's in crane position, front snap kick to the – chin and out went randy gator it was great so great and the video that i'm going to be going to be posting with this is mr miyagi telling him to do it it was it's cut up really nice it's kind of funny
1: i I feel like i've seen that fight but i don't i don't don't remember it like that i mean you know it gets when you get so many fights in your brain yes i can't wait to see that clip myself um so another, another one, another knockout worth mentioning that was just so crazy is Francis Nagano versus uh, Alistair Overeem. Oh, my God. Francis Nagano, he's a fighter. He's a fighter from Cameroon. He, he's, like, super nice, but he's, like, that big, big, nice guy. You know, he's, like, real giant. Gentle big. giant. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got that kind of personality. And uh, he, he's just – his power is unreal. Like, he just puts people out – and the worst, the worst knockout or the best knockout he has is against Alistair Overeem, who's also known as a great striker. Now, these guys are heavyweights. Yeah. So, they're
0: like 250 plus. 200.
1: Yeah. And Alistair Overeem came in the UFC from K1, I believe. And he was known as like just running through everybody. And he came in. He ran right through um, Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah. Put Brock Lesnar to sleep. And... You know, every like even me, I was like, uh "Yeah." So this going into this fight, I'm like, "Overeem's got this. It's easy. He can avoid a big power punch. Big, no big deal." Well, either Overeem underestimated him, or he just got caught. Whatever it was, it was the most devastating uppercut, probably in all UFC's clips. Cause, I mean, I'm talking about just uppercuts alone, though. It looked like his head was
0: going to come off his shoulders. He hit him so hard.
1: Nogano just.
0: <laughs> Kind of reminded me of uh, Ryu in Street Fighter, Hadook and straight up yeah, to yeah. the chin, or like
1: a Mortal Kombat one.
0: Oh my god! You know, yes, it's just
1: like and and it put him right to sleep. You know, right to sleep.
0: He didn't have a shot after that. I mean, oh, I think it did take him off his feet, didn't it? Yeah, it took him off his feet, and he, and
1: he was he was sleeping when he when he when he dropped. Oh yeah,
0: he was sleeping before he hit the ground.
1: Like night night. <laughs> <laughs> bing, bing. So, uh, yeah, so that was definitely an awesome knockout. To check out,
0: and this one I know you. I know this is on your list, even though you haven't said it. This is the one I've been saving. If it's, if it's okay, it's the only one I have left. Oh, it's the only one you have left, so I can't. I, I, go ahead, go ahead. I, all right, all right. Big Hendo versus Michael Bisping. So yeah. Dan Henderson versus Michael Bisping, and this was a culmination of a whole reality series from The Ultimate Fighter. So they're both coaches on opposite teams of The Ultimate Fighter, and at the end of The Ultimate Fighter. They have to fight. So, and they were talking trash the entire, what is it, sixteen weeks?
1: Well, I wouldn't say they were talking trash. I would say Bisping was talking trash. And Hendo was kind of, you know, telling him like you're 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 biting off more than you can chew. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And yeah. and
1: he wasn't lying. No. And that knockout was so great. And and the thing is, is like you watch the fight and, and Joe Rogan's saying it, but I mean, anybody you don't you don't need Joe going to tell you this, but he points it out so it's easy to really follow what what's going on. Is he keeps circling to Hendo's or Dan Henderson's uh, power hand, and what's the one thing Henderson's known for doing is knocking everybody out. Yeah, you keep circling, and then that's what happened. He got caught hard. He
0: has a nickname for his right hand. Yeah,
1: the H bomb, <laughs> and he got hit with that bomb. Now you know. Just to give a little background in case, you know, the listeners don't know, Michael Bisping is a British dude who is very, very big trash talker. He's probably the number one British fighter ever. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like him. I've really learned to like him, They, you know, because he can be kind of an asshole in, in a way, but so can I. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's why it's easy to, to kind of turn around and like him. But he doesn't mind, you know, really talking shit. And Dan Henderson will shut you up if you talk shit. Yes. Now, and, that, and and Dan Henderson, where he went over kind of who he is on the last one because I talked about how he was my favorite fighter and everything. He's older. He's an older guy, and he was older back then. Yeah. He was known as an older fighter even when veteran he, of the game. And.
0: But was, what made this knockout so good? Yeah. What made this knockout perfect
1: this is what it, was this is, the
0: revenge of it. So after he hits the man with this massive right no hand. No hesitation. No hesitation at all. Drops Michael and then jumps in the air, both feet off the ground, and comes down with another
1: right hand
0: on this man's chin.
1: It was it was more of a forearm, but yeah. It was so He, he nice. put his weight on, on, on an alcohol guy. And
0: it just looked like he had <laughs> revenge all built up into well, his heart.
1: This is before like uh, a lot of big changes with UFC. This is still like kind of old school UFC. And I believe it was Joe Rogan who was interviewing me. He's like, you can't, you hit him after the bell. He's like, he's like, yeah. Uh. It wasn't after the bell, but it was well, after the knockout. he's like, he's like, yeah, did they don't, he, I forget exactly the wording now, but he pretty much was like, yep, that's what you get. <laughs> well,
0: he did talk a lot of shit So, I mean That that was yeah, No, he,
1: he said He said uh, He said that one will shut him up Or something like that Yeah, yeah. it didn't shut him up But, yeah it He put, he went to sleep And it was Oh, my God It was side, side note Biz Bing fought him much later And won In the rematch Yeah And he got caught multiple times But I guess he learned to take punches
0: better Oh, his boxing improved tenfold after that fight
1: Yeah um, So that, that, that wiped my knockouts out because I didn't have many that I really
0: – So I couldn't stop. I had to tell. I have two more, uh, one being uh, the sign of a true martial artist, um, Nate Marquardt versus Damian Maya. This fight didn't really last very long. Damian Maya is a Brazilian fighter from uh, Brazil, and he's known for his jiu-jitsu. So he's known for his game, his uh, ground game. And
1: who, who Damien? I yes. Uh, he's known as one of the best in MMA for his ground game, but for, his, for his jiu-jitsu. Yes, they 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 literally will say arguably the best jiu-jitsu guy when it comes to MMA.
0: True, but every fight starts on the feet. Doesn't start on the ground. Starts on the feet. And he's he's been
1: having trouble keeping up with people standing.
0: Yes. So he fights Nate Marquardt now. Nate Marquardt is a old older guy, veteran right. of the game. He used to fight in uh no holds bars match in Japan called Pancraze. He was the king of Pancraze and comes over, so he has very good stand-up. And about 10 seconds into this fight, comes over, and it looks like Damian Maya tries to jump into guard with him, but catches a big right hand and drops him. As soon as, as soon as Damian Maya hits the ground, Nate Marquardt has every Opportunity to hit him again, but he knows that he's knocked out before he even hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Goes to swing and stops. He did just enough. Showed restraint. Showed true martial artist right there. Was shown compassion for your opponent. He didn't have to destroy him. He could have, but he didn't.
1: But that's gotten people in trouble. Well, not in trouble, but well, yeah, in trouble might be the word. Uh, in the in in the past maybe after that one where people thought somebody was out the ref really didn't see it gave them, gave them time to recover and they recovered pretty quickly and then they go to lose it you know lose the fight because they thought they already finished it it just happens but I'm just saying i i i get i get the whole walking away thing but it's not always needed some people try too much
0: yeah um i thought it was a great. Sign of martial artist that he didn't destroy his his opponent because at the end of the day, everybody needs to go home to their family. You don't need to try and kill a kill a guy or end his career. Yeah. I mean, all great knockouts aside. I mean, that's that's the game plan. We're not they're not trying to murder people on there. It is a sport and both opponent and both opponents need to go home to their families.
1: Not not everybody like somebody like Justin Gaethje. What do you mean?
0: What what do you got against Gaethje?
1: No, no, no. I'm saying so, you said not everybody wants to murder somebody. You ever hear Justin Gaethje talk on his interviews? No. I mean, he was talking about – he's like – he's like, you, he, uh, this is on UFC Unfiltered. He was interviewing, and uh, he's like, yeah, you remember when Anderson Silva's leg wrapped around uh, – Weidman's – Weidman's leg? Yeah, he's like, I'd love my leg to wrap around somebody's head as I knock him out because that would be the ultimate, like, thing. Psychopaths. Yeah, so I mean, some people are kinda crazy and wanna murder other people. Like I said, it's it's not all about respect and I mean sometimes it is, but at the end of the day it's two guys fighting. And that's why we argue because you're you're born <laughs> to
0: that murder, murder, fight, kill thing, and I'm about
1: respect and martial artists and the sport of it. It's entertainment too. It's a sport first. I I would disagree. I mean you gotta pay for the you gotta pay for it. No. Entertainment's where the money is, but it's a sport
0: at heart. Now, um, so my last one—I was gonna say—I know you got a couple more. I, I, I ain't trying. I not. only got one more. Only got one more. It's uh, a Jose Aldo one. Had to throw it in there. Jose Aldo versus Chad Mendez. Yeah. So um, everybody knows about uh, Jose Aldo, but Chad Mendez, up and coming wrestler, great on the ground. Um, at the time, he was up and coming. At the time, he was up and coming. Okay, so he grabs on to Jose Aldo at the cage, holds on to him, got his back, and he's trying to take him down, but he can't. Now, I was so excited
1: at that point, though.
0: Yes, I thought he was going to the ground, and we finally get to see Aldo's ground game.
1: But that I were did... just going to see Aldo get pounded out.
0: That ain't going to happen, son. <laughs> ain't going to happen. Anyway, Jose Aldo gets free, breaks the grip, and so when Chad Mendez tries to go back, into him to grab his back again. Jose Aldo spins around and knees him right in the face. It was great. You didn't expect him because they were on the cage. You didn't expect Aldo to spin around that fast and actually get a knee off. But it was lightning quick, right to the head, like he timed it perfectly, like he had eyes in the back of his head, knocked him clean out, got on top of him, almost hit him again. I think he did, maybe not, but the ref got in real quick, ended the fight. awesome. And
1: those are our knockouts. Hey, as far as the Aldo knockout you talked about? Yeah. Spies are a hell of a drug. Oh, <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's a good thing that he has spies, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a it <laughs> is a good thing.
0: It is a good thing. Because, you know, spies give him the ability to spin around lightning fast and time a knee perfectly into somebody's face. Spies help everything, don't they? It's debatable. Debatable, please. <laughs> Please. All right. So um, let's go over uh, upcoming fights, man. What do you got? Uh, well, I mean, so first of all, let's. Oh, not upcoming. What happened? What happened? Well, we just had that uh, big UFC fight night, right? Uh, Ponta Nibio versus uh, Magni. Yeah.
1: So Ponta Nibio and Magni, that, that went in your favor. Because you predicted for Ponzanbio to win, I did. I did. Because I don't. I don't think.
0: I don't think Magny can handle world class competition. I really don't. I think he's more of a low level fighter. Uh,
1: would a go that far. Um, I just think Ponzanbio. I mean, he hit him in early on in the eye, messed up his eye. Um. I'm he, not giving the man excuses. I'm he saying jabbed what him in the
0: eye, jab him in and the it, eye, and, and it, it wasn't it illegal. Messed up
1: his eye. I'm no, I do no, no, I'm not saying whatever it was. I mean, he he, he got a clean strike yes. to his eye. Yes, and it and it and it kind of threw Magny's game off the whole like pretty much the whole match. because okay. he, he he had damaged his eye. Can't see. And can't then fight. Leg kicked the shit out of him, and he couldn't walk that well either. So I mean, Panzaniu just. Completely had a great game plan and won, but you're you're saying he's a low level fighter. He's not really. I mean, it's it's just Nebio got him really good. And um, at, from my standpoint, I think it showed magni as a warrior. And you know, one thing he even said on his on his own Instagram, I, I believe that's what he said. He was like, you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. He's he like, I wasn't gonna just go out like, you know, you know, I wasn't just gonna take an easy way out.
0: Well, I think that was in reference to. Um... Why didn't the corner stop the fight? Because it was obvious.
1: No, no, and that, he wouldn't, he wouldn't he let was, it. He wouldn't let it, and, and and he got knocked out. He said, "I'm going to go out there and just give him all." He's like, "I'm, you know what? I'm going to go and try and finish him." Right. I mean, but he wasn't going to take an easy way out. That's what he literally said. That
0: right. He said he wasn't going to take an easy way out, but at at, at the harder the matter, the safety, a uh, safety of a fighter, the cornerman could have stopped the fight. He had. He was standing on one leg, literally hopping around, and he was doing just enough so the ref wouldn't stop it. Uh, if I was his corner, I think I would have stopped the fight. I think I would have just to save him because he was already getting beat. There's no need to take more punishment than necessary, and he did take more punishment than necessary because that's what he wants to do. Yeah, yeah, but you can't. There's there comes a there comes a time where where fighter safety. Safety overtakes the fighter's heart to continue. I mean, there's going to be other fights. Not every fight you need to go out on your sword. Sometimes you need to. Your safety comes first, man.
1: Well, this was a big fight. It uh, potential, you know, high ranking in the in, in the division and maybe even a championship fight. It, it the problem the. Uh, Ponzinibbio probably has at least one more fight before he gets the championship fight, just because Woodley's, you know, and he did call out the champ, but Woodley told him take a number because he has everybody calling him out, and there's other people more deserving at the moment than Ponzinibbio. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, uh, so another fight on there that I have to talk about is uh, Khalil Roundtree versus Johnny Walker. Now, Johnny Walker is a brand new fighter. Well not brand, brand new. new to UFC. Brand new to UFC, excuse me. Yeah, he de- this was this was his debut. He was in the uh, Ultimate Fighter and came in and just walked right through. Cooker Co- walked right through, huh? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Uh got him right in a clinch. And when he got when he got round tree in this clinch, there was no getting out of it. I mean, just not even gonna happen. And he could put him wherever he wanted to, walked him right down, and then he hit him with this nasty elbow in the clinch. You heard the smack of this elbow go right across this dude's jaw, and yeah, then it was bad. And then out he went. He didn't have a shot at it. So, that. Uh,
1: you know, one, you know, just to kind of throw a uh, throwback out there, it the way he when he clinched him and everything, it resembled, you know, it it makes you remember. Um, Anderson Silva versus um, what? Chris Lieben? Not Lieben. Uh, Rich Franklin? Rich Franklin. Yes,
0: yes. When, that was when, a tie when, clinic.
1: Yeah, when he clinched him, he had no idea what to do. Round three looked like he was trying, but he really didn't do much when, yeah. when he was getting clinched. So it's just, I mean, it literally, I remember thinking, I was like, this is like Anderson Silva's clinch, dude. He just had that clinch on. And it, and it looked effortless, though. Like, he wasn't like. Really grabbing his own arm, I was watching like his his hands look kind of just chill. I guess that's so he could, you know, uh, put those elbows out there too. He wasn't grabbing him, he wasn't holding a clinch too tight.
0: I mean, oh, he was holding it tight. He no, was holding, no, but, it but very that's what tight. I'm
1: saying. Like it didn't seem like he didn't have hand
0: over hand. He didn't have. Uh, he just he a just handle grip. What he had was a uh, laced finger grip around the guy's Yeah, but then head. he
1: could easily. He was. I don't even. I didn't. I remember seeing this. No, no, he had him laced, laced fingers. Either way, he was, he was, he was on and off of that grip quick. Yes. Because like, yes, he was. would go right back to the grip and then pull out, elbow the shit out of him or whatever he was doing, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: It was just, it was nasty. And, you know, uh, I wonder who he's, who he's got next. I would like to see him fight pretty much anybody. Cause you know, one, some, a lot of times people debut when they're like on that kind of level they debut, and it surprises everybody because nobody knew about him.
0: Right. But well, now that
1: people know to watch out for him. Yeah, people want to know now. Is he, is he still going to be able to impose that kind of fight game on somebody that knows it's coming? Yeah. yeah. Some people can do that. Some some people can't. We're going to
0: see. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. So, another fight. How about Ricardo Lamas versus Darren Elkins? That was a
1: co-main event. Literally, almost everybody that picked fights with us, except for one person, uh Picked Lamas, and I can't see. I I am so. I don't know why anybody would pick Elkins over Lamas. I mean,
0: yeah, it was a completely outclassed. I mean, now
1: Darren Darren Elkins is a tough
0: fighter. I'm not going to take that away from him. He's a he's a very uh, yeah he's gritty a, fighter. He's in the
1: UFC for a reason. Yeah, he made the fight dirty, and and, and, and he can take a lot of damage. That's uh, that's probably why, you know they call him the damage. He's got a tattoo on his chest. He's like you know a brawler style fighter yes and you know ricardo Lamas is he's technical he's, he's he kicks your ass yeah. and if you're known to take a lot of damage you're going to take a lot of damage against somebody like ricardo Lamas. and he ricardo Lamas just made it look easy which i expected in my eyes
0: yeah this was another great util, utilization and that was a hard word of the late kicks yeah, i mean set him up perfect And just kept kicking the leg, keeping him on his toes, backing him up, keeping him in that uh, danger zone, as they like to call it, between the black lines in the cage. And just he held that center of the octagon and just kept nailing him with the leg kicks, nailing with the leg kicks, and just dropped him. I think he – what round was that that he dropped him? Round three? Round two? Um, Honestly, I don't don't even remember. I know he won TKO. Oh. yeah, but it was it was a great fight and Llamas, great showing made it look pretty easy, not not too difficult. Um, so we had a nice uh, a nice ladies fight with uh, Cynthia Cavillo and uh, what is her name? Paula Paulina Batello? Uh, well, Cavillo, Cavillo's coming back from a suspension where she couldn't really make weight. And she didn't make weight for this fight either, which uh, surprised me because, I mean, coming back off of a suspension, you want to be on your game and make your weight. But she was two pounds off. She's a 115-pound fighter. She came in at 118, looked real sickly on the
1: weigh-ins. Um, Did she get suspended for weight, or was it something? I thought it had to do with, like, she got caught with THC in her system. Was it that? I, I, thought, I don't remember what podcast or, or – or article i read or something I, I don't know where i got this information but i thought i seen or heard that she got suspended because of thc i'd have to look into it but yeah, yeah i don't know what it was i
0: can't can't tell you for she sure the munchies and she couldn't cut weight <laughs> <laughs> she said she was going through some problems um but she made weight and paid off it, it did pay off because she got a sick sick choke on uh, Botello where she got a rear naked choke and she didn't even, she only had one hook in. Was it a rear naked? Yeah. Yeah. It was a rear naked, but with, she had a cable grip and a gable grip is where you, uh, uh, Unless she had an arm with it. Mm-mm, she had no arm with it. It was straight under the neck and kind of gable gripped it. Gable grip is where you kind of clap your hands together. If you're thinking clapping mm. where you grab your two hands together and pull your wrist bone into the person's throat. And she had that real tight. And she was over her back. So, uh, Botella was on her hands and knees.
1: On all fours. On you know,
0: all fours. Uh, trying to get off. Cavalia. Yeah, Cavallo was on her back, um, reaching over her and had one hook in
1: and the her, round was almost over.
0: Yeah, it was coming up to the end of the round. She had one hook in her uh, – a hook is a leg wrapped around a leg, if, for those that don't understand. Had one hook in and pulled that choke, uh, and that choke went in so quick. And She tapped.
1: She had tapped.
0: Yeah, it was, it was over as soon as she gable-gripped. You could tell. She
1: was even going to tap or go to sleep. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was definitely a cool, cool fight. I just – you know, I – mentioned and a lot of people know about this already but people that don't make weight and you know that it might sound like two pounds is only a little or sometimes it's more than that but you know two three pounds that's a huge advantage in these fights and it's 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 really if you look at the statistics it's almost like 99 percent of the time if people come in overweight they're gonna win because they didn't have to cut the weight like everybody else did I mean, they they'll gladly give a little percentage of their purse just to have that advantage and win.
0: Yeah, well, that's a that's a new debate coming around is weight cutting. That's a big problem in the sport. Um, another reason for mm-hmm. fighter safety: cutting all that weight, dehydrating your body like that is is the wrong way to go about it. It so, really is.
1: So, what would you suggest? The whole
0: I think everybody needs to go up a weight class. Everybody. So your your natural weight is the weight you should fight at. Well, here's an idea:
1: no more weight classes.
0: Oh come on, man! That's that's Lesnar versus <laughs> yeah, Mighty Mouse versus Lesnar. Let's see how that well, goes. Mighty Mouse
1: is in one championship. We don't talk about that no more.
0: Oh, oh my God!
1: No, I'm just playing. Lesnar versus uh, Ray Borg.
0: Yeah, yeah. Ray Borg would get destroyed. I mean, uh, yeah, but well, everybody you don't know that. <laughs> I don't yeah. know that. Come on, man. <laughs> That's like a hundred pounds difference and some.
1: He uses nuts as a speed bag. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I personally think that everybody needs to go up a weight class because uh, what's going to happen is somebody's going to cut weight, cut water weight so bad that it's going to wind up killing somebody. Your kid It's not good for your kidneys. It's not good for anything in there, man. To cut weight like that is just insane.
1: Yeah, everybody should. I think. Mean- I, think, I, I don't know what, what uh, how other companies do it. I, I'm, I'm more aware about UFCs. But I've heard other fighting organization, organizations uh, have done it this way where they do out-of-competition weigh, weigh-ins. And, you know, whatever your walk-around weight is, they'll say, well, you know, you, you, can, you can cut it to 10 pounds. If you come in, you know, if you're walking around 170 easily and, and they come and check you at 170 – They'll say, "Well, you can fight at 155. You know, I don't know how it is, but you know what I mean, right? So it's like closer to your walk around weight. So if you're one seventy, you fight one sixty
0: five
1: or one one sixty. Well, I'm just, I'm just I, that was a random. Oh, okay. So like, say, say, say two oh five, right? hmm And the guy is walking around at two okay. fifteen. Okay, fifteen pounds isn't that much to cut. So if they say, but if they come around and you're two eighty five, and you're still trying to fight at two oh five. Some people, I don't know if anybody's done that drastic of a weight cut, but you know what I mean. No, I mean they're like, "Hey, uh, I don't think you should." Well, they're like, "Hey, you're no longer a light heavyweight."
0: Right. I mean, Daniel Cormier is the the light heavyweight he champ to, and the heavyweight champ, and right now he's walking around at what two forty five. Yeah, yeah. And he fights at two hundred five. That's that's pretty good. That's, that's a forty pound weight cut. That's
1: that's normal now.
0: That's still a big weight cut. I think
1: I, I, I think McGregor does around that much.
0: Yeah, McGregor walks around he at 185 Aldo. and and fights at 155. He
1: fought out at 145. So. Yeah, and he
0: looks sick. He looked like a, a hospice patient. But he still knocked him the fuck out. Yeah, because <laughs> this is uh, – my personal opinion is that I think that the fight – the weigh-in should be an hour before the fight. You mm-hmm. should weigh in an hour before your fight because what happens is these fighters will fight at one – like we'll take McGregor Aldo for instance – if you were to weigh Conor McGregor right after the Aldo fight, I guarantee you he's like 160. I
1: think they do in, the, in the, uh, certain places you can find it posted. Yeah, it's like 160. I'll start, I'll start showing you that because I see it all the time. Yeah. they'll say, he's, And I think some people regulate that. I think it might be like uh, California or something. Like you can't come over a certain amount over what you weighed in at. The Athletic Commission regulates that? I believe so. Okay, well. I, I mean I, I've, I think like – Oh, if you if you weigh in at one forty five, you can't come in weighing one eighty five the next you know the next day or whatever it is.
0: I mean that's pretty drastic, but yeah.
1: Yeah, but you know what I'm trying yeah. to get at. I'm just saying like they should like have
0: more, more weight classes, and they should they should weigh in an hour before the fight.
1: I definitely agree with more weight classes. A lot of people say that's dumb, and, but I I like it. Um,
0: I like it too because you get you get a
1: a bigger array of everybody i definitely would love to see um like a cruiserweight between heavyweight and 225 weight class yeah, yeah that'd be awesome because i feel like a lot of heavy a lot of heavyweights uh are smaller now yeah yeah and a lot of a lot of like light heavyweights could afford to go up mm-hmm They just don't want to have to compete with somebody that's two sixty five. Hell no! Who who the hell wants to do that? Such from what is it two two hundred five to two sixty five? No, not two hundred five. It's uh yeah, it's two hundred five. Light heavyweight is two hundred five, and
0: then it's heavyweight,
1: bat and above. There's no no no, but I think there's a minimum. I think you got to be like two thirty five. Really? I don't know. No, no, I don't think so. Because anything above two hundred five, yeah, anything above two hundred five is heavyweight. That's crazy. That
0: is crazy. That's why they need more weight classes. They need more weight classes and an Who's hour. Who's the lightest before? heavyweight right now? Is it Stepe? What's A weighing at? I think Stepe comes in around two thirty. Stepe Miocic, yeah, two thirty. Yeah, we'll. i something to look into, but yeah. So, uh, so upcoming. How about we go into some upcoming fights?
1: Yeah, let's talk about that. First of all, it's kind of crazy, and me and Rick, me and Ricky, we're probably not going to watch the fight live. Uh,
0: I don't know. They lowered the price of it.
1: Oh, actually, I was I was going to talk about the uh, the USC event coming. Uh, we okay. can talk about the other stuff first. Okay, go ahead. But I just wanted to mention, like, um, the USC event this Saturday. It's it's in China, and it's six o'clock in the morning.
0: Yeah, it's going to be six o'clock, six thirty in the morning. I think the prelims start at three a.m. That's,
1: yeah, so we're, we're gonna UFC, have to record.
0: Yeah. We're gonna have to record that and watch it, it another it's time. It's on
1: UFC Fight Pass, so we can just watch it whenever we want. Yeah, um, it, it. You know, the two notable fights from in, in my eyes. The other, the, the, I'm sure the fights are gonna be great, but the fighters that I really follow is uh, the main event's gonna be Curtis Blades, and he's fighting uh, Francis Nagano Now they've already fought before. They have fought before. We, you know, we talked about Francis. He's the guy, the big striker who knocked out overing recently, and but he's coming off of like, I think it's two fights that he lost, and he's just ever since he lost to Stipe,
0: he's been he kind got of exposed. gun shy. He got
1: exposed. He's afraid to get tired. Now he's going to be fighting Curtis Blades, who is, you know, wrestler first. Yes. And he's been getting a lot better with his elbows and takedowns. And- yeah, and, like, you know, his ground game in general. I mean, wrestling's not everything when it comes to the ground. I think he's getting better at not letting people transition. Um, So I believe that he he wins this fight, Blades. So I think he's going to win the rematch. I think he's going to get him down and elbow the shit out of him.
0: Yeah, and Les Nganu has seriously upgraded his striking game and his takedown defense. Uh, Blades should win this handedly. Blades should come in, take him down, elbow the crap out of him, and move on to the next big thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. So, and the other fight, it might be a main event, I'm not exactly sure, but it's Alistair Overeem, who both the guys in the main event have beaten. Yes, Blades have beaten him, and so has McGann. Both of them was pretty devastating. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, he's, he's been having a hard way to go, and yeah. he's fighting um somebody, it, it's, I don't really know how to say the name. It's like Sergi Sergey, uh, Pavlovich, Pavlovich. Oh, okay. Uh, it's somebody. It's a day. De- I think it Oh, this is de- an debuting. up and comer
0: fight, man. It's a dangerous guy, yeah. Pavlovich. Yeah. Yeah. He,
1: he's debuting. I think he's Sergey Pavlovich. Right? Yeah. He's undefeated, yeah. and it's 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 very interesting to see how Ibrahim is gonna do because. He was doing a lot better before Usada got involved. To be honest.
0: Oh yeah, well he was he was roided up to the gills, man.
1: Yeah, but you know he still got a lot of skills, and <laughs> you know, but I'm hoping he does good. But it's exciting because this new guy could be crazy. Yeah, you know, um, and that's that's two heavyweight fights that are pretty cool. And it's then there's held a, in China, man. Yeah, there's a lot of Asian fighters that I'm, I'm I, I don't really know them too well. Mm.
0: I haven't um, a clue. I can't keep up with everyone. But yeah, I haven't a clue on the Asian fighters. I'm
1: sure they're trying out or showing more of those fighters from over there. Yeah, hometown heroes, yeah, yeah. buddy. So, well, I'm not too excited about these fights to be honest, I, you know, but I will watch it. The um I'll I'll go back and watch it when I wake up or something or yeah, later yeah. that night. We yeah. might we might make a night of it.
0: So what about the next next one, the nostalgia fight between uh, Tito Ortiz and Chuck Liddell? Now is that this Saturday? That is this Saturday.
1: Okay, so we kind of got into this recently. I think it was when we were watching the fights. We were talking about this fight, and I w- I had mentioned what now, you mention? and it seemed like you, you just could not accept this. What that Chuck Liddell, if he beats Tito Ortiz again, again. He's still pretty relevant when it comes to MMA. You know how old he is and how I, I think that, that 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 just shows that he is he is still top one of you know still in top of I think Tito is very good. He you know, it ain't like he's a scrub. Tito's an active fighter. I mean if, well
0: he is he was an active fighter.
1: Hey, if Chuck, Chuck beats, beats him, if Chuck beats him, he still probably that, that to me that shows that he could probably have a good Competition with a lot of fighters
0: now. Chuck Liddell is what forty six years old.
1: Well, if you were talking about in Joey Joey Diaz's terms, in Coke years, <laughs> he's like one hundred forty. Bit of a problem. Bit of a problem. <laughs> yeah, but Chuck in Coke years, he's probably a lot older. <laughs> like I mean, we, we talked about that. Like, uh, and I said I said I said you guys remember on the UFC uh, they they cut the Chuck in the in the audience. You know, watching the fights and he didn't know that the camera was on him. And he sits there and take and and he some cocaine right on camera. They 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 tried to delete that clip, but you can find it. Yeah, you can find it. It 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 was pretty bad.
0: But Tito Ortiz is the younger fighter, he's the fresher fighter, he's the more in shape fighter. And I just think he's gonna take him down and pound him out real quick, real soon. Yeah, that's
1: that's what I see. And that's why I said if Chuck is able to compete with him and actually finish him, and that like is said, one like, big if. If he does, that means that he could probably take out a, a still to this day take out a lot of these fighters that are fighting in the UFC. Anybody can get a lucky punch off, dude. No, no, no. no. If he, no. We'll, we'll, we'll see. I yeah, think Chuck is, a, is. This fight's more interesting than a lot. A lot of people are like. I don't want to see this fight. It's just two old guys going. On. This fight's interesting as hell to me. Oh, it is. That's absolutely interesting. It's 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 a nice uh. And they say circus. They say that both of these guys, these fighters, because it's uh, who's who's promoting this? It's a box. oh
0: Oscar De La Hoya's,
1: and he's saying and and um, it's really,
0: Golden Boy Promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: and they're saying that the way that he does the does the fights and and the contracts and stuff that Chuck and Tito both are going to be ma- making more money than they both have in the UFC ever. Well, that's because
0: it, not to get on the business side of MMA, but. Instead of having a, a direct contract where you get a thousand, just rough estimate, you know, ten thousand to fight and three thousand or three more thousand to win, um, this is going off the pay per view buys. So they'll get no money if nobody buys the pay per view, but everybody's going to buy the pay per view. So they're going to make how many millions of dollars because millions of people are going to buy this pay per view and watch it.
1: Yeah, and you know,
0: and that's how boxers make I their money. I think that's,
1: but I'm just, I just want to mention. I think that's really cool that these guys are going to be making a lot more money because that's they, a, that's they, they're they like should le- they're legends in the game, and you know, they, they 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 were around really. I mean, Chuck Kinda and Tito Kinda, but not really. I mean, there wasn't nobody making that much money back then when they were stars.
0: Oh no, no, they weren't you know I making big money like now. No. I mean. Yeah, you're not making you're not making any money, and these guys were the original guys from like UFC
1: twenty. This is back when UFC was top. Everybody watched UFC. I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Chuck and that. Tito and stuff like that was that was prime time, man.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. I that's mean, what got me hooked was Tito and Shamrock. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that rivalry got me hooked on the whole thing, and I couldn't stop watching it. That's. <laughs> That's why. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check this out because they're having a Black Friday special on this pay per view. It's like forty bucks. No, if you buy it on a Black Friday, it's twenty bucks. But if you buy it on Saturday, it's forty nine cool. ninety five, which is way cheaper than any UFC fight. But uh, yeah, that's it's gonna be interesting. I can't wait to see it.
1: Yeah, and another thing, we're gonna try and watch, um, or at least me. I mean, I think Ricky will too. I'm pretty sure it's, it's just i got to make sure because it might be time differences. But one championship, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in that because it's on my radar now that they're doing trades. And I'm pretty sure they have a fight this Friday.
0: Now, one championship is a Chinese-based uh, organization,
1: mm-hmm. right? Yes. Okay. And they recently traded with, with USC. for, for Ben Astran to
0: Mighty Mouse Johnson, right?
1: Yeah, so – Ben Askren was in 1FC. He was their champion. They released his contract in agreeing for UFC to release Demetrius Johnson's contract. And then they were both free agents and they both signed. So it was a mutual agreement trade, pretty much. Yeah. And, you know, they're talking all about potential trades in the future, but. All oh, this opens up so many possibilities between uh, Bellator, UFC,
0: 1. PLF, all these guys. Well,
1: as of right now, we only know that the relationship is working with these two.
0: Yeah, with one, and we don't know how
1: much Bellator wants to cooperate or UFC if they want to cooperate with Bellator, because uh, Bellator is more you know North American based, just like UFC. Uh, But One FC is China, and from what I hear, they're huge in China. And you know, that's where the, a,
0: most of the population
1: is. They have an app and it's free to watch, so I'm going to check it out.
0: and Did you hear who's the new VP? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, former Cupcake, right? Or yeah, strawweight no, no. is a
1: cupcake or whatever. Yeah, it?
0: she calls herself Cupcake Bantamweight champion, Misha, Misha, Misha Tate, yeah. Tate, accepted the vice presidency of one championship.
1: Yeah, and um, I never looked into it, but I was telling you that Matt Hume. Is the, like, poker or something that yes. might be president. Yes. And that's Demetrius Johnson's agent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little fishy. Yeah. A little what? bit of conflict of interest, I yeah. think. You wash my back, I wash your bag. You know, that's how it works. Well, uh,
0: that's all I got today. What about you?
1: All right. So, you know, we didn't, we got into ourselves a little bit. You know, um, you guys might not know, but we're from Baltimore, both of us.
0: Okay. So, I mean, this is a Baltimore based podcast and me and buddy just want to, you know, branch out, see what happens, put it out there for the whole internet. So that doesn't include just Maryland. It includes all over the world. Um, but, yeah, you know, that being said, I hope we have many more episodes to come uh, and we'll just definitely look forward to it. What about you, man? You looking forward to more episodes?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to more episodes and you know um we're gonna be trying new things each episode possibly have a third person you know maybe as like a guest host with us for next episode um you know we'll be looking to get guests in the future you know for different reasons but you know i'm looking forward to like i think that maybe we can start getting you know call-ins from fighters if if Yeah we'll we'll get it done Let's see what happens We're just
0: taking it Day by day Episode by episode See what's going on Well um, So what's our Instagram again bud So the folks out there Can follow us And
1: check us out So it's At MMA At MMA Underscore Marks That's M-A-R-K-S And You know Our Instagram We like to do All kinds of stuff We're gonna start Posting more On there But we wanna like you know, for the fights coming up, we always we like to do fight picks and have like a little competition. It was pretty fun the, the last one.
0: Um, yeah, man, this freight train's just getting started.
1: Yeah, so just follow us and don't be afraid to join in. We, we don't even care if you're new to the fights and you don't know who to pick. You know, pick who you like or whatever, or you yeah. know, try it out and then you'll you'll get to know these fighters more based off of watching and hearing us talk about them. Um, I'm Ricky. I'm Buddy. And we're out of here, man.